serve a mighty God and, and to his uh, name be the glory and, uh, and, and majesty and praise and, and all, all worship goes to him. He, is, he alone is worthy and that's why we're here today is to worship uh, the Lord and uh, there's none like him. Who can compare uh, to our God? There's none like him. He's the great creator, uh, the great I am and uh, the Lord Jesus ought to be where our focus is and I pray that's where our focus is this morning as we worship. He's the author and finisher of our faith and and uh, he is mighty and he is great and I pray this morning uh, that you can say that he's made you glad uh, there's nothing that can satisfy like Jesus and I'm grateful for that we can search and we can try everything this world has to offer uh, but the reality is like uh, like Solomon said it's, it's just a, a chasing the wind but when you know and worship the Lord he satisfies and I'm grateful for that I'm giving praise this morning I'm glad that you're here I welcome you here this morning to Liberty First Baptist Church and if you're a visitor, I hope that you got a, a bulletin, and attached to our bulletin is a visitor's card, and we would be honored if you'd take a few moments and fill out that information. Uh, we'd love to uh, get to know you better and connect with you, and, and uh, I pray that you've already been blessed, that you've sensed the love of God in this place, and we are delighted that you're here today. And Also, if any of you have any uh, special request, any special prayer request, uh, on the back side of our visitor card is information you can... Uh, a list of prayer requests and even if it's unspoken uh, we know that our great and mighty God that we just sang about he knows the need and um, and we just call on his name and and I'm grateful for the power of prayer and uh, we want to support and pray with you about whatever it is that might be on your heart this morning and and so uh, when the offering plate is passed if you'll just take that visitor's card and prayer request card and then just drop it in the offering plate and then we'll uh, receive that um, this morning uh, starts the uh, week of prayer for the Annie Armstrong Easter offering. 
and uh, uh, we have some prayer guides uh, that look like this that are out uh, at the center table in the, um, the uh, vestibule and so these prayer guides you can take this with you and you can learn uh, about some uh, North American missionaries like uh, Michael and Tracy Bird that are uh, serving uh, in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, that area is, that they're serving at is 95% African American, has a high poverty rate, uh, high crime rate, and, and uh, mostly single parent homes. And, and so they're, they're um, canvassing out the community there and uh, building relationships, sharing meals, having cooking lessons, and maybe even taking trips to the grocery store, building those relationships with, uh, with those folks in St. Louis, Missouri. So. Uh, We'll uh, have the opportunity this week to pray for missionaries uh, like that. And uh, just remind you about that. 366 million people in North America, 350 languages, and 275 million without the hope of the gospel. So I'm grateful for the power of prayer. And we want to support our North American missionaries and remember them in prayer. And, um, and, and that's the most powerful thing we can do is to lift up our prayers and to support them. So I hope you'll take one of these guides and you'll see that again uh, out in the vestibule. And uh, we'll be receiving the uh, Annie Armstrong Easter offering that'll, that'll be coming up in the next uh, couple of months. And uh, I believe that our WMU, our missions, our ladies' missions group is going to be meeting on Tuesday night at 630. So I'll remind our ladies, hope you'll come down in the fellowship hall and, um, and meet. And, and one of the things you'll be talking about is the Annie Armstrong Easter offering uh, for North American Mission. So hope you'll be a part of that. And I do want to uh, remind you about that. Um, as we uh, pray this morning, uh, let's, let's continue to remember those that are uh, battling sickness and uh, remember those uh, in prayer that's not able to be here this morning. Uh, let's remember them this morning. Um, also, uh, uh, Jean Watson, continue to remember her. Uh, uh, they've, they've transferred her to a, a, another location, but uh, continue to remember her. And then uh, she, uh, she is our uh, shut-in of the week, and there's a new address that's listed in the bulletin so that you can connect with her, and I know that she would love to get those cards and encouragement, so I uh, want to remind you about that. Also, um, don't forget about our uh, couple steak dinner coming up on March the 19th. It'll be a week from Saturday, and um, Austin, uh, I'm sorry, Jeremy Merck from uh, uh, NARS First Baptist, good friend of mine, Pastor uh, Jeremy. Uh, will be here, his wife Stephanie, and he's going to be sharing with us, and it's just going to be a great evening together for our couples, and, and I hope you'll come and be a part of it. It's $15 a couple, and that includes a good steak and baked potato, salad, uh, dessert, and, uh, and, and, and tea, and so uh, we'll have great food and, and great fellowship, and I pray that it'll uh, be a, a time of just, uh, just enhancing our, our marriage relationships and, and uh, be a, a good time of encouragement and fellowship together, so uh, friends are invited. Invite a, a friend and uh, tell them to come on and, and join you. And, um, and the sign-up sheet as well is, is at the Welcome Center there in the vestibule. So just want to remind you about that. And uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. I'm, I'm so glad to see each of you here today. What a great crowd here. A beautiful day the Lord has made. And I pray that we'll encounter God today and receive what God has for us. And uh, we'll trust God and obey Him just like the man that was born blind did when Jesus told him what to do, uh, to go wash in the pool of Siloam. And he did that, and uh, what a wonderful change. He'll do that for us today if we'll receive and look to him and, uh, and then obey as God leads today. And I pray that's what will happen. Let's pray together. And I invite those of you who would to come and join us around the altar as we go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Our loving Heavenly Father, we, we thank you, Lord, for this privilege and opportunity to call on your name. Thank you for the power of prayer. We don't deserve it, but we are grateful that as believers in Christ that, Lord, we can call on our Heavenly Father in prayer as we've been adopted into your family. Thank you for that relationship that we have with you. It's not religion, it's not works, but, Lord, it's relationship with you through Christ. And we cherish it, and we're so grateful for it. And I thank you, Lord, that, that as a result of that, God, that we have the privilege of talking with you and communing with you in prayer. And we call on your name because we need you this morning. Lord, we think about all the things to, to pray for and all those that need prayer today, those that are hurting, those that are suffering uh, physically and battling sickness. 
those going through difficulties. God, we lift them up to you right now. We ask, God, that you would be merciful. And God, we pray that you would bring healing and restoration, Lord, for your glory. And thank you for the works of God, Lord, that takes place in our hearts when we trust in you. God, I pray that you would be glorified through each and every one of our lives here today. I pray for each home represented. Lord, I pray that you would bless. And God, I ask God that you'll speak to us today. God, that we'll receive and we'll commit this morning. Lord, that we'll be changed for your glory and for our good. Thank you again, Lord Jesus. We pray for the visitors that are here today. God, may you touch them and bless them today. I pray their hearts will be touched. God, all of us today, Lord, that we'll say that it was good to have been in the house of the Lord. We give you praise and glory for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. If you would, let's take a few moments and fellowship together, and, and uh, let's welcome each other. Tell somebody, Jesus is coming again. Encourage someone here this morning. Make your way back to your seats. If you'll turn with me to 337, if you're following in your hymnal, 337, I know whom I believed will be our offertory hymn this morning.
Heavenly Father, we come to you today with thankful hearts, thankful for the opportunity to be back in your house. And Lord, we're just thankful for the blessings that you bestowed on us this past week. And Father, we ask that part of those blessings be that you've blessed us with funds that we can pay our tithes with. Father, I ask you to use these tithes and offerings to the furtherance of your kingdom. And Father, I pray a special prayer for our leaders in our country. Lord, I just ask you to touch them, give them wisdom, and protect our military that's overseas. Lord, we love you and we thank you for this day. Amen. spread around and all the people that I let down for all the times I just wasn't there I think God grace ain't fair for all the vows I didn't keep all the damage that cut so deep I saw the pain but I did not care Oh, I thank God that grace ain't fair I wasn't supposed to be Something worth rescuing but grace ain't fair, it found me anyway. So here I am, free indeed. Can't believe this is me. Totally forgiven of all my yesterdays. For all the prayers I never prayed For when I left but should have stayed I should be lost on my own somewhere But I thank God grace ain't fair I wasn't supposed to be Something worth rescuing But grace ain't fair, it found me anyway So here I am free indeed Can't believe this is me 
totally forgiven of all my yesterdays. You took a mountain that I deserve to give me life I wasn't worth. You bore a cross that was mine to bear. Oh, I thank God. Yes, I thank God. Grace ain't fair. No, grace ain't fair. I'm so thankful for God's grace. Are you grateful for God's grace this morning? Of course, we've, you know, we've probably heard this before. Uh, grace is, is a God's riches at Christ's expense. And uh, it certainly wasn't, wasn't fair to the Lord Jesus that he came uh, and died on the cross like he did, as a common, like a common criminal, yet he was totally innocent. It was our cross, but he willingly died in our place. We could have died on the cross and it wouldn't have mattered because we're sinners. But Jesus, the sinless Son of God, came, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. And I'm, I praise His name for that uh, this morning. I'm grateful for His amazing grace. And I see some of you smiling at me this morning. I think you know about His grace today. And, and I'm, I'm so thankful for that. And I, I give Him praise today. And I pray that your heart's been encouraged. And, uh, you know, we have, a, we have an enemy, a, a real enemy and uh, Satan is really good at what, he's do what, he, what he does. He's been doing it uh, ever, ever since Adam and Eve, and, and it's very effective, um, and, and he will attack. And I want us to look at a little bit uh, of that this morning in Job chapter 2. So if you'll turn with me in Job chapter 2, and I want to preach a message uh, this morning uh, entitled, When the Enemy Attacks. And I also want to remind you about tonight, um, it's interesting, we're going to be looking this morning at when the enemy attacks, and then tonight in Hebrews 5 about staying on course. And so I, I pray that every one of us that will desire to be on course, that will stay the course, trusting God, looking to the author and finisher of our faith, and He'll never lead us astray. We can always trust Him. So I encourage you, I hope you'll be back tonight uh, looking forward uh, to that. Um, but here in Job chapter 2, we got a picture of just how Satan, our enemy, operates. And I want us to focus on that. I think it's, it's uh, good to uh, see what the Word of God says about our enemy. You know, you think about, uh, about football teams and, and, uh, and how they'll get film of, of their opponent. And what are they doing? They're studying it out. And uh, if they find a certain weakness in their opponent, then they try to exploit that, right? I mean, they're not going to say, you know, that's a weakness of that team. And it really wouldn't be too too kind, you know, to exploit that. So we're just going to look the other way and ignore No, they're going to exploit it. And they're going to find the weaknesses. And, and we know the Bible says that the devil's like a roaring lion. And he's going about. Of course, we, we see the picture here in, in uh, Job 1 and 2 where uh, Satan is, is going to and fro. And he's still going to and fro. But we also know the day's coming when he's going to be cast in the lake of fire. His days are, are numbered. And we're on the winning side if we know of God's amazing grace that Jonel just sang about, we're on the winning side. And that's why the Apostle Paul said, Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. We're not fighting for victory. We're fighting from victory, praise God, through the Lord Jesus Christ. But there's an enemy, a real enemy. And um, I think it's good to be familiar with, uh, with some of his tactics and be familiar with the enemy that we're going to look at here this morning. Satan's attacks can be neutralized and, and we'll focus on that today and then I, I love the the last uh, portion of chapter 2 shows us the value of good friends good, you know friends that are that are supportive that, how they can offer the best kind of support and so uh, we'll be focusing on that this morning Job chapter 2 uh, when the enemy attacks and I want us to see first of all here in verses 1 through 5 that uh, that Satan accuses that's what he does. He accuses us to God. We know that because he's, he does that with Job here. And uh, so let's look at that here as we begin in, uh, in verses 1 through 5, focusing on how Satan attacks. 
Again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. Here it is. Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said to Satan, From whence or where did you, did you come or do you come? Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and shuns evil, and still he holds fast to his integrity, although you incited me against him to destroy him without cause? So Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin, yes, all that a man has he will give for his life. But stretch out your hand now and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will surely curse you to your face. And we'll pick up with the uh, remainder verses here in just a moment. But let's go to the Lord in prayer as we begin and ask God's help today. Our Heavenly Father, it indeed is a privilege and an honor to live this day. Thank you for life. Lord, you allowed us to wake up to a new day. We thank you for the Lord's day when we can come and gather and worship you and receive your word, what you have for us today. And God, what we're looking at here is the inspired, inerrant, infallible, all-sufficient word that is true. And I pray that we'll apply it to our life. God, have your way here today. I pray that we'll open our hearts to you and receive what you have for us, God, that we might obey and be drawn closer to you for your glory and for, for our good. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. Well, Satan accuses here in verses 1 through 5. Just like back last week, we looked in chapter 1, verses 10 and 11. Very familiar scene here in chapter 2. Satan accuses God of protecting Job. And in this chapter, Satan maintains that if God were to permit suffering in Job's body, that Job would curse God. Notice this again. Uh, I, I love to point this out here in verse 1. Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. And so Satan reports to God. God doesn't report to Satan. God is in control. God is sovereign and he's in charge. And, uh, and, and God is omnipresent. God is omniscient and, and God is omnipotent. That means, unlike Satan... God is everywhere at the same time. God is all-powerful. There's none like Him. Uh, Satan can't match God's power. Satan is, is a created being, but God has always existed. God is all-powerful, and, and God is in charge. God is on the throne, and so uh, Satan reports to the Lord. And of course, once, like we said back in chapter 1, here's this same question. Uh, the Lord said, from when, where do you come? And of course, we, we know that God already knew where Satan had been. He's omniscient, but he's asking, uh, for, I guess, for, for Satan to report to him. And then Satan answered, once again, going to and fro uh, on the earth, uh, back and forth on it. So Satan is like a roaring lion. He's going to and fro throughout the earth. Now notice this, very important. You know, Satan is, is accusing, um, accusing God of protecting Job. Uh, and so the Lord, the Lord said, it wasn't Satan that brought up Job again. You remember, Satan had already had it out with, with Job. Uh, God permitted, back in chapter 1, we know that God permitted some certain parameters for Satan. And Satan attacked. He not only accused, but he attacked. And he did everything that God allowed and permitted him to do. Once again, I want to remind you that God is the one that's in charge. Satan can't do anything to you as a child of God unless God permits it. Once again, I remind you that Satan is on a leash. God's got Satan on a leash and he has limited access to you. And the reason is because God is sovereign and in control. And, uh, and so uh, the Lord says, have you considered my servant Job? You know, Satan had already attacked Job, did everything he could. And we know that the end in chapter one was that uh, Job said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, naked shall I return. The Lord gave, the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And, and uh, in all of that, he didn't charge God with wrong. And so what I believe is happening here, according to the sovereign will and plan of God, God has allowed Job to suffer. Job didn't understand it. 
And quite honestly, in our mindset, we know that, you know that God was not punishing Job. A lot of times we think, like we were talking about in our follow Jesus groups this morning as the Pharisees were asking Jesus about the man born blind and, and who had sinned. This man is born blind. What did his parents do? Which one sinned? The mom or dad? Well, you know, what happened? And a lot of times we have that mindset. I'm suffering because God is punishing me. And so it's just sometimes the will of God that trials would come our way, that we would suffer. Maybe not to the extent that they happened to Job where he, he lost his wealth, he lost his family and did everything that God permitted Satan to do. It was just God's will. God has another uh, plan here for Job and I'm sure Job wasn't that crazy about it. But folks, I just want you to know, sometimes it may just be the will of God for us to suffer and go through difficulties. But here's the thing, when we're in the lowest of lows, and when, it, when it's black and it's dark days, God is right there with you. He's promised to never leave you and never forsake you. So here in, uh, in verse 3, the Lord says, Have you considered my servant Job? God maintains. God says about Job, he's blameless, he's upright, and he fears God, and he shuns evil. Just like we shared last week. That would be a good epitaph on our, on our tombstone, wouldn't it? You know, here lies whoever, Mark Canarney. And he's an upright man, and he fears God, and he shunned evil. Uh, that, that would just simply mean that, that he resists evil. Uh, he, he doesn't hang around with sin and flirt with sin. He resists it. He doesn't, he doesn't want to do that to dishonor God. He wants to honor God. He's a righteous man. And so God says that about Job. And when God says that, it's the, God, it's the truth. And so uh, you know, God says that he still holds fast his integrity. Now notice, here it is, here's the accusation, Satan is accusing, and Satan answered and said, skin for skin, yes, all that a man has, he will give for his life. But here it is, Lord, if you will stretch out your hand and touch his bone, his flesh, he will surely curse you to his face. I just, I think about that, and I believe Satan is going to and fro, and I believe he's still reporting to the Lord. And I just wonder this morning, let's personalize this. What kind of conversation would the Lord have with Satan about you this morning? Have you considered this person? Have you considered my servant? Would, would, God, would God call us his servant? And would God say about us, they are godly and they are upright and they fear God, they reverence God and they shun evil? I wonder what conversation God would have to Satan about us and, and Satan would say yeah you know they, they've been blessed you, you let them go through this or you take this away and they will curse you to their face and so I believe what's happening here is a test yes God will test us we know according to the word in, in James that God will never tempt us but he indeed will test us and here's a test for Job he's passed the test in chapter 1 and Satan Satan says you just stretch forth your hand and you take away his health and then he will surely curse you to your face and so here's here's the test and the Lord said behold once again he's in your hand but spares life in other words you can take away his health but you can't take his life don't you believe that Satan would take his life if he could imagine if uh, if Satan was not on the leash that God has. Imagine what Satan would do. I mean, there, there's, it's, it's, it's the worst thing. We, could, we couldn't imagine what Satan would do if he were uh, allowed to do that. But God is in control. And so we can, we can find comfort in that this morning. But here Satan is accusing. He's accusing God. You're protecting him. You let me take away his health. All that other stuff, yeah. Uh, but, but let me take away his health and we'll see how godly he is. We'll see if he'll still praise you and say, blessed be the name of the Lord. But I want to say to us this morning, we go through difficulties and trials, and it very well may be a test of God. And it also may be just consequences of poor choices. You know, that might be the case as well. But when we suffer and when we face times of testing, let's pass the test. And we'll see how, how to do that in just a moment. But Satan accuses. He will accuse you to God. And he will accuse God of certain things towards you. And God may prevent, may, uh, he, he may allow testing in our lives, but let's pass the test. Let's look at verses 6 through 8. Not only does Satan accuse, but Satan is limited when he attacks. Notice this. Pick up with me. 
in verse 6. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, he's in your hand, but spare his life. Verse 7. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with painful bowls from the sole of, of his foot to the crown of his head. And he took himself a potsherd with which to scrape himself while he sat in the midst of the ashes. What a pitiful sight that we find here with Job. But I want to remind you that God limits Satan in what he is allowed to do. Satan, he doesn't have free access. He can only do what God allows. And I believe I said this last week, and I just want to remind you that God has Satan in his back pocket, and he's going to pull him out whenever he wants to use him. God's in charge. God is in control. We look around the world today and we say, what in the world? If God is really in control, why is there such chaos? And, and why is there, there such difficulty and evil that's going on around us? And I just remind you, this is a sin-cursed world. And King Jesus is going to come again and set it all straight one day. But it's the result of sin. And we say, why don't God do something about it? Let me remind you, some 2,000 years ago, the Lord Jesus came and died on that cross, that old rugged cross for my sin and for yours. Yes, God did do something about it. He did the very best. He sent the very best. And we believe and trust in Him, but we're still in this sin-cursed world. And we still have a real enemy who wants to trip us up. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy, Jesus said. He's a deceiver. He's a liar. The father of all lies, Jesus said about Satan. And, and, and yet as evil as Satan is, his days are numbered, and he's limited by God when he attacks. Satan only did to Job what God permitted Satan to do. God's in control. You say, Pastor Mark, what about, what about the coronavirus? Why did, why, did, why did that happen these last two years or so? Why, why did that? Listen, God, God permitted it. God allowed it. Now, I can't stand before you and tell you every detail about why God allowed it and all of this, but I can tell you that God wants to be glorified through it. And I can tell you that God is in control. And that's where we must place our faith and trust in Him. And so we are encouraged this morning as we look and as we're reminded in verses 6 through 8 that Satan is limited only to what God will allow. Now back in chapter 1 in verse 12, Satan was not allowed to touch Job's health. Why? Because God set that parameter up. Satan can only work within God's parameters because God is sovereign and in control. And in this verse, he's not allowed to take Job's life. There's no possible way that, that Satan could take uh, Job's life because God has established that and, and it's impossible for that to happen because God is more powerful. God will only allow Satan to go so far. And God is always in control. And I just want to remind you about that. Flip over to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 10. I want us to see this this morning. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 10. And uh, in, in verse 13. 10 and, and verse uh, 13. No temptation has overtaken you except such is common to man. Notice this. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will always make a way of escape that you will be able to. To bear it. You see that? We're, we're tempted. And maybe we give in every time, or maybe we've just gotten numb to it, and we just think, I can't win that battle. And we lose, we, we face defeat time and time again. But with that temptation, you know, God sets up the parameters, and here's the temptation. But notice this in the middle part of verse 13, but God is faithful. We may be tempted and overwhelmed, and we may wonder where God is, but God is faithful. And He will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we're able to bear. There's always a way of escape. That's the Word of God. God has established that. There's always a way out. If I give in to temptation, it's because I want to give in. I mean, it's, it's, it's not anyone twisting my arm. Satan can't make me do anything I don't want to do. There's always a way of escape. So it boils down to faith. And God will allow us to be tested. Why? So that we will pass the test. And so that our faith will be strengthened. And that we will grow spiritually. And of course faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. And so we, 
we open God's word and we trust God's word and we obey his word and our faith is strengthened. You know what God is doing in that time of testing? He's equipping us. Now you, you take these students here this morning, middle school, high school students, college students. Do you think they'd ever crack a book if there was no test? Let me just answer that for you because I used to be a student. No. <laughs> and there might be a few that would. But you see, they've got to they gotta prepare for the test. And so God will test us. And when the time of testing comes, we may not understand it. It may not make any sense. And we're wondering, what in the world is going on? What possible good can come from this? Just like the, the, we talked about this in Sunday school, the man born blind. What did Jesus do? He spat on the ground and put a muddy paste in the, in the, in the, uh, the man's eyes. Does that make any sense? Why didn't Jesus just heal him on the spot and just say, be healed? Or, or why, why didn't he just... Why didn't he just lead him to the pool of Siloam and where he could wash? Why all this? Sometimes it doesn't make sense. And that's where faith comes in. we got to believe. You know, the world says certain things, and, and, and the world has its way. But what does God say? What is God's way? i just tell you, God's way won't always be popular. And God's way may not always be understood. And God's way certainly isn't going to be easiest. But I'll tell you which one is, 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 the, is the most rewarding, the one that will bless you, the one that will uh, satisfy you like nothing else in this world, and that's trusting and obeying God's way. And so, you know, Satan here was only allowed to go so far. The time of testing comes, there's a way out. There's always a way out that we can endure. You know, a lot of times we, we take 1 Corinthians 10, 13 and say, well, God won't put anything... Uh, more on me than I can handle that's not what it's talking about God will overwhelm us sometimes we'll get overwhelmed and, and, and what, what Paul is talking about in that passage is, is temptation we won't be tempted beyond what we can bear but there will be times that we'll be reminded oh God I'm about to snap I can't take it anymore Lord I need you and so we run to God and we're reminded that when we lack wisdom we ask of God and we pray and we trust God and we, we have the wonderful promise here in 1 Corinthians 10, 13 that we won't be tempted beyond what we can bear. And I just read Job chapter 2. And I think, my goodness, the temptation. And, uh, and Doug was, was, was reminding me about the patience of Job this morning, you know. Uh, and, and we think about what we face and what we endure. But yet there's always a way of escape in that temptation. And when we trust God, He will equip us and we will grow in our faith and you know the, the vicious attacks uh, back in chapter 1 verses 13 through 19 where one messenger after another came with devastating news for Job lost his wealth lost his family just one messenger after another Satan attacks here in chapter 2 with sore balls from the bottom of his feet to the top of his head Satan will do all in his power to make us miserable. You know, 1 Peter chapter 5 reminds us of, of Satan, and he is, he's looking who he may devour. It may be funny. I'll, I'll, uh, I, I'm entertained uh, a lot of times by watching our little kitty cat. Man, there's a, there's a moth flying around, and that cat's doing all this and cutting flips and trying to flies up, and it's cutting and, and, and doing all kinds of It's cute to watch. But you let a roaring lion set its eyes on you, looking for their weaknesses and ready to pounce at just the right time and that's that's what we have here with our enemy the devil and he's attacking but he's only attacking according to the the limits that God gives him and here is his health he has these balls on his skin and he will do whatever he can he's attacking he wants us to be miserable he can't take away our salvation but we can allow him to take away our joy he can take away our testimony if we don't trust God through those times of don't 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 throw in the towel. Don't quit. You don't understand the testing that God permits? Listen, He's got your best interest at heart. He's trying to equip you and make you stronger. Let's trust Him through it. But notice also in verses 9 and 10, quickly as we move along, Satan is defeated, how? By faith. Look at this in verse 9. <laughs> then his wife said to him, Do you still hold fast your integrity? Curse God and die. But he said to her, You speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God? And shall we not accept adversity? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. 
Wow. What a powerful testimony of Job. As in Job chapter 1, verses 21 and, and 22, Job does not sin with his lips. His reply to his wife reflects what? Faith. Remember this. God's word tells us that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith is the victory. Oh, glorious victory. Faith is the victory. We must place our faith in the Lord. God, you know best. This makes no sense to me. I don't understand it. I might even be pretty bitter or angry about it, but you know best. Come hell or high water, I'm going to trust in you and I'm going to put my faith in you. Just like we're reminded in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Your own understanding will lead you astray. Those feelings and emotions, it'll lead you astray. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Job's wife says, you still hold your integrity? Curse God and die. Wow, what a great encouragement. Can you imagine, uh, you know, Judy loves to, she does such a great job sending out birthday cards and encouragement cards. Could you imagine getting a, a card from somebody that says, curse God and die, you know? That's your life, man. Nothing's making, just, you know, his own wife says, what a pitiful sight Job must have, have, have looked to his wife. His own wife is like, you just need to just go ahead and end it right now. Just curse God and die. Job, Job reminds, because of his faith, notice this in verse 10. You, you know, you're speaking foolishly, but notice this. Are we just going to accept good from God and then not accept adversity? In all that, Job did not sin. How? Because of faith. Faith in the Lord. If his trust was in material things, he would not have been able to praise God through all of that. If his trust was in his health, he would not have been able to maintain the right focus. But it was his faith. Faith is the victory. Let's make sure that we're trusting the Lord and that will give us the same victory. Satan is defeated by faith. Not anything else. I can't ball my fist up at Satan and, and say, I'm going to take you down. He'll laugh at me and he'll steamroll me every time. You and I are no match for the devil. But Satan is no match for God. And when our faith is in God, that's the victory. So maybe this morning you're going through times of testing and trials and you don't understand. I just encourage you, keep your faith in the Lord. Trust God. He knows what he's doing. He's on the throne. He's under no obligation to make it make sense. But we've got to trust him. Put your faith in the Lord and that will give you the victory. Notice also here, verses 11 through 13. I'm grateful for good friends that, that, are, that are there to help. That's what the churches should be all about. The church is a body, one body. And when one part of the body suffers, we all suffer. And we need to bear each other's burdens, the Bible reminds us. And we need to lift each other up, build each other up, support each other. I pray that you have such friends. And I pray that many of them are within the walls of this church. A lot of times we come to church, we sit in the pew, we hit the door, we go home. But let's hang out a little bit. Let's find out how people are doing. And, and let's, let's, God places somebody on your heart, it might be for a reason. Pray for them. Reach out to them. Let them know that you've been thinking about them and praying about them. Oh, that, that's such encouragement. That's the best thing that we can do for each other is pray for each other and, and reach out to each other. That's what ought to take place. Loving each other. Helping each other. So here is the best kind of encouragement is being there when you have a friend that is suffering. And we see that here with Job's friends. Notice this. Verse 11. Now when Job's three friends heard of all this adversity that had come upon him, each one came from his own place. Eliphaz the, the Temanite, Bildad the Shuite, and Zophar the Namathite. For they had made an appointment together to come and mourn with him and to comfort him. And when they raised their eyes from, from afar and did not recognize him, they lifted their voices and wept. And each one tore his robe and sprinkled dust on his head toward heaven. So they sat down with him on the ground seven days and seven nights, and no one spoke a word to him. For they saw that his grief was very great. Job's friends 
they offered the best kind of support they could offer. They were there for him. They just simply came and they, they were by Job's side. They didn't even recognize him. Imagine Satan attacks. Satan that gives the full force, all that he can possibly give. You know, just to cause this great man of faith. God said he's a godly man, upright man, shuns evil. Satan was wanting, because, think of the influence that Job had. He was a wealthy man. And we know also that a lot of people in the countryside would come and, and, and talk with Job. And Job would offer his wisdom to them. Job impacted many lives. If he could get Job to fall, imagine how that might trip others up. Satan is on the attack. And he is still on the attack today. And as Satan offered the full force on Job, and uh, these boils were on his skin, He's, he, didn't, he, he, he didn't have uh, family and, and wealth anymore, and, and all of that, he's been attacked by Satan. Job's friends came. And we know later that they, they're best when they're, when they're quiet, right? Because they didn't quite give the best encouragement when they started talking and trying to make sense of it. But here, they offered the best kind of encouragement. And they were there. Job you know sometimes when we suffer we might put pressure on ourselves what, what am I going to say and because maybe we don't know what to say we don't go and we don't, we don't reach out it's not about what we say it's about being there just letting them know that you're there because I promise you when someone's going through a crisis something unexpected or maybe a death or something they're, they're, they're not going to remember what you say but they'll remember that you're there. Let's be that kind of friend. Let's be there for each other. And that's what Job's friends did. When Jesus was uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he told his disciples to sit here while I go over there and pray. In the Garden of Gethsemane, right before Jesus was about to uh, sacrifice himself on the cross, and, and as Jesus was about to die for the sin of the world, he needed time he needed time to pray in the garden and, and we know that Luke said he agonized so much that he sweated drops of blood he needed his disciples to go with him and 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 also he handpicked Peter James and John to go a little bit further closer to where Jesus he needed them notice Jesus didn't say explain this to me because he didn't need an explanation he was God after all nor did he say preach to me because he certainly didn't need a sermon he just wanted his friends to stay with him. There in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus was lonely. Though God, and yet man, he was experiencing loneliness. And he was asking for a little companionship. He took his disciples with him. He took Peter, James, and John a little bit closer to him. And there he was in agony, the war of the ages, the spiritual warfare that was going on. You know, Jesus prayed. Let this cup pass from me. The cup of the suffering for the sin of the world. If there's another way, let this cup pass. And there Jesus was, lonely, just wanting companionship. Of course, we know his disciples, they fell asleep. Jesus checked on them and watched and pray. You know, they just, they, they couldn't do that. He was lonely. It's a reminder that when someone is suffering, one of the best things that we can do is be there for them. Galatians 6.2 reminds us to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Let's think of others. Someone going through difficulty, let's bear that burden with them this morning. Job's friends were there. We've got enough attacks by the evil one. There's enough depression on the news and there, there's enough evil in this world that cause us to, to lose heart but I'm grateful that nothing can ever happen to you from the evil one himself unless God allows it God's got your best interest at heart are you passing the test have you passed the test in the, in, in the, in the past when those attacks have come the good news is God is faithful and God allows those things not, you know, sometimes we think God allows to see us suffer. Some kind of cosmic killjoy just up there laughing. <laughs> Look at that. 
You know, look what they're going through. Satan's accusing. Have you considered my servant, David? Man, I'm so glad to see you, David. These last uh, eight weeks or so. And um, praise the Lord for the victory, you know. And, and so I think about, jo uh, about um, Joseph and his own brothers sold him into slavery. And, and Joseph was falsely accused by Potiphar's wife. And he ended up in prison. None of that made sense to Joseph, I'm sure. But God had a plan. And you remember that powerful scene where Joseph's brothers, there was a famine in the land, and Joseph looks out, and there's his brothers. His brothers didn't recognize him, but he recognized them. You remember what Joseph did? He told everybody to leave the room. And there he was with his brothers. And they, they wept together. His brothers thought that, they were, that he would kill them. He's second in command. God knows what he's doing. may not make sense, but God used that to preserve life. The promise of God. God was faithful. And Joseph told his brothers, what you intended for evil, God intended for good. <laughs> the victory of God. And so when we come through the fire, God refines us. We might blow it. We might make mistakes. But let's learn from it. And let's trust God. Let's let God have His way. And I pray that we'll be a good friend that will help each other along the journey to bear burdens, to love each other. We're in this thing together. That's what fellowship means. We need fellowship, good Christian fellowship. We, we have like faith in the Lord Jesus. And just like this morning, you know, when we had fellowship time, it's great to, to see each other. And I love, I love witnessing you enjoy each other's presence and laughing and, and maybe embracing and, 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 and shaking hands and, and all of this. But it's great to remind people Jesus is coming again. It's great to remind people that, that God is in control. These things. And, and it might be that someone's going through some trials and they're, they're, they've got blurred vision. And those of us maybe that's not walking in their shoes, we have clear vision. We need to come alongside them and help them while they've got blurred vision. Because life is hard and difficult. There's a real enemy. We need each other. And maybe someone's come to mind this morning. Someone that's struggling. Someone that you're burdened about. God's laid someone on your heart. Why don't you come and pray for them this morning? Why don't you lift them up to the Lord? And maybe let them know sometime this week that God's laid them on your heart. And let them know that. Let them know that you prayed for them. You'll never be amazed at, at, at how simple a card could be not a card that says curse God and die, but a card that reminds people that God is good. That reminds people, I look up to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. There's no help like God's help. There's no problem too big for God. He's sovereign and in control. And I'm grateful for that. The enemy is, is real. Don't be scared of him. I mean, we need to respect him. But he's not like our God. And faith is the victory. Let's trust God and come through the test and pass the test. Heavenly Father, Lord, I'm grateful this morning for your word. It is true. God, there's a real enemy, but there's a real God. There's real problems, but there's a real God. But help us to put our faith in you and trust you with everything. To not lean on our own self, but to trust in you. To lean on you this morning, Lord. God, I pray for those that are enduring times of testing right now. I pray they'll pass the test. Encourage them. There's nothing that can happen to them that you don't allow and permit. But Lord, we step outside of that when we make poor choices because you, you allow us the freedom to make those choices, to choose however we want. And maybe for some this morning, there's some hardships because of poor choices. Lord, give us faith. Help us, Lord, to, to do what's right to be upright and godly and trust you. And I pray that we'll realize that faith in you is the victory. God, give us the victory today. And I pray that if you've laid someone on our hearts, may we be like Job's friends and come alongside of them and support and encourage to be the best friend that we can be. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand together? I encourage you to come. As Donna leads us, this hymn of invitation, whatever God's leading you to do, I hope you'll come. I'd love to pray with you. I encourage you to come.
you'll continue to play. And just, just right now, you know, maybe, maybe you're going through some trials right now, some, some tests that God has allowed to come your way. Maybe you don't really understand it all. But I just encourage you to keep your faith in the Lord. Keep on believing. Keep on praying. God's not going to leave you. And, it, and in His due season, you know, the Bible reminds us that, that we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. That in His time, in His due season, He will exalt us. He'll lift you up according to His timing. And His timing and His plan is always best. It may not make sense to us, but let's faith God. Let's trust God through it. And He'll give us the victory. And I, and I pray that faith will be the victory for us today. And then, if, if God's laid someone on your heart, right now in your pew right there, you could come. I'd love to pray with you about someone that God's laid on your heart. But let's lift them up to the Lord right now and use this time to pray for them. I encourage you to come as God leads. Thank you so much for being here this morning, and that's a great reminder in song. Jesus paid it all, and he really is worthy of our complete surrender and trust. And through those times of testing especially, let's keep trusting, keep on believing, and let's keep on praying. The devil's going to say, God doesn't care about you. Uh, God, you know, If he did, you wouldn't be going through this, and he'll whisper lies in your ears. But I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit of God will never leave you, and let's pray, and let's keep trusting God through it all, and he'll bring us through it. And um, maybe, you know, we can encourage someone this afternoon, remind them of that. And, and then I hope you'll be back tonight. I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, focusing on staying the course. Let's stay the course. And I hope you'll be back tonight. I know our youth, our kids will be meeting as well. And, and a choir tonight, 5 o'clock. So I encourage you to come and join us. We'd love to have you in the choir. And I hope you have a wonderful afternoon, beautiful day. And Adana, if you'll close us in prayer. God bless. Let me talk to you in just, just a minute, Miles, okay? <laughs> Got to cut him off.